SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Well, hello. My name is Keisha Wright. I am the owner and director of Women's Recovery Clinic, as well as Emotional Recovery. I am new to SoulWin, and I am super excited to be able to share some things throughout the years that God's put on my heart. I have worked with women for over 12 years. So what am I? I'm a professional life coach. I live in Orlando, Florida. And before we get started in this series, I want you ladies to get to know me. I want you to know who I am and where I come from, because oftentimes when you hear someone or or you run across a podcast or a series like this, oftentimes, or at least I do, I think, wow, she's got it all together. She can't possibly relate to me and who I am and what I'm all about. And that is simply, at least with me, not true. And so I want to share my story with you ladies. I want to tell you where I've been and and how I've had hard times in my life and hurt and pain and trauma have entered my life. And it's molded me and made me to where I am today. And it's really allowed me to have a platform to help hurting women like you that really want to learn how to get healthy. So I was just a regular stay-at-home mom and my life was pretty boring. But before this story that I'm about to tell you took place, I want to back it up and I want to tell you about me and my first marriage, my first relationship. And I don't oftentimes talk about that. So if you ever have a chance to attend one of our events, you may not hear this part of my story. So maybe this is exclusive for soul and I don't know. But I was married before. I was young. I was, you know, 21 years old. And I was married to a man that I thought I would spend the rest of my life with. Um, you know, I grew up in a very conservative home with a mom, dad, and sister. And so I, I had boyfriends and I dated and all this kind of stuff. But I was never really in a serious relationship until this man entered in my life. We were married, um, and I, I hate to tell you guys that, you know, I, my family didn't even really know him, but I wind up having sex with him, and I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to marry this man now. And embarrassingly enough, I asked him, hey, because of what we've done, will you marry me? And he goes, absolutely, darling, I'd marry you. And so we wind up getting married. And so I didn't realize that the basis of our relationship was on a crap foundation. However, he was from the South in a Southern Baptist family. And I thought, we can't go wrong here. We, we, we just can't go wrong. Well, shortly that changed. And domestic violence entered my life. I never seen domestic violence growing up. I had heard other people, other relationships and family members and that kind of thing, but it never occurred to me 
that this could be my life. It started just with an argument. And it was verbal abuse at first. And then it turned into a push or a shove and just making me be afraid. And that quickly escalated. Even though deep down inside, I knew this is not what I wanted. Some kind of way, I lost the inability to stand up for Keisha. And I didn't know how. I was embarrassed. Like, what did I do? Like, intellectually, I knew like, well, my gosh, that didn't deserve those words or that didn't deserve that push or shove. But I slowly began to fade away. And I started losing parts of myself. Shortly after that, I became pregnant with my daughter. And I was super excited. Shortly into the pregnancy, we found out that it was actually a twin pregnancy. And I was nervous, a new young mom, and, and, and not knowing what to do with all of that. And then I found out that that baby was a girl. Both of them were girls. And my husband at the time was not happy. He wanted a boy. And that quickly then became my fault. Over time, every thing that didn't go right became my fault. And I started accepting responsibility, even though I knew inside I couldn't fix it. That relationship wind up ending very quickly. I finally remember going to different pastors and, 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 and different people in my community and kind of explaining what was going on. And this is just my experience. Okay, so I'm just telling my story. The pastoral counsel that I got at the time, I remember them saying that, you know, divorce, God hates. You've got to figure out how to work it out. And again, it became my responsibility. And I remember the domestic violence getting to a point where it wasn't just physical. It became more emotional and more financial abuse. Okay, so I don't know if any of you realize or know that that's a thing, but he would withhold money and give me small amounts of money under $50 to have two weeks worth of groceries. Now, let me tell you, this was about 20 years ago, but still at that time, that was not a lot. I didn't have, um, I had a vehicle, but he wouldn't, there was something wrong with it and he wouldn't get it fixed. And so now I'm trapped into this house with this baby. I wind up not understanding what was all happening to me. And receiving pastoral counsel at the time, I kept hearing God hates divorce. 
God hates divorce. And it made it sound like it was the unforgivable sin. And I got to a point where I told the pastor, I'll take my chances on the other side. I can't live in hell and die and go to hell. I I can't live like this anymore. And we begin this really messy divorce. And even though the divorce was messy, I still wanted my ex-husband to have a relationship with his daughter. Even that didn't work out well. I remember by now my, my daughter is about 18 months old and she is going to go spend time with her dad. And I'm forcing this relationship because I was a daddy's girl and I knew how important that relationship was. And I remember dropping her off and saying, okay, you don't have to keep her for overnight or whatever. You don't have to do that. But I do want you just to watch her for a few hours while I go run some errands. And he agreed. I remember picking her up that night. And at 18 months old, she was walking. And I remember her getting off the couch. And as she got off the couch to walk towards me, she fell flat on her face. And I knew instantly that mama instinct that we have, I knew something was wrong. And at that time, she was screaming in pain and and I didn't know quite what was going on. And and I was asking him what's wrong with her. And he proceeded to say, well, she wouldn't move. And I dropped the TV on her. He had dropped a 27-inch TV on an 18-month-old little girl and broke her femur bones. I quickly rushed her to the hospital. And anytime you have an 18-year-old, or I'm sorry, an 18-month-old that presents with two broken legs, Child Protective Services are called. You see, hurt and pain had entered my life and I didn't know how to use my voice. I knew I had to protect this baby, but I was so afraid. I remember my parents came and I remember telling them what had happened, that there had been an accident. And I remember my mom looking at me and said, you're not telling the truth. You're not telling the whole story. Something's wrong. And I stuck to the story because I was so afraid of losing her. I was I was so afraid because I was young. I thought, you know, if you lose your parental rights, parental is a plural word and that means parent. And I thought we would both lose the rights to her. So I lied. I covered up. I quickly didn't have much to do with with my ex-husband and he didn't really want to have much to do with my daughter. And I found myself being a single mom, trying to work just to keep the heat on and, and, and food on the table and pay the bills. And, you know, the single mom life was not easy. And it was not fun, but at least I was not afraid anymore. Shortly after that, I met this man who was amazing. He he was my friend. 
and he he uh, stepped into my life. Um, our families knew each other, and and we were introduced. And I was definitely not looking for a relationship. I, I don't think he was looking for a relationship. I was just wanting someone to be honest and completely open with. And he was it. I could tell things that had happened to me that I hadn't been able to tell to anybody. And and he was just, he was my friend. He was someone that I could be raw and real with. Well, that developed into a relationship. And it turned into us getting married. And when Antoine entered my life, things all of a sudden became super safe for me. Not just safe emotionally, but just even not worried about having milk in the fridge. There were things that I would be so concerned about that was just a part of his normal life. And I didn't realize how much I cherished that. And so we we got married and life was great. And, and, and you know, we had our ups and downs. I, um, you know, he kept telling me, you know, you should go to counseling. You should go figure out, like, because domestic violence changes people. And, and I tried. I mean, I just, I wasn't feeling it. Like, okay, like, I know I'm scarred and I know I'm screwed up, but can't we just push this down and keep going? That's what I began to do. Like, if I can work hard enough, I can pretend like this part of my life never existed. And I could just live in this fairy tale that I'm in now. And I thought I did a good job of it. I didn't realize that on the outside, other people probably could see the brokenness or the triggers that I have, or like, for example, I'll, I'll never forget. One time he had driven my car and he had put my keys somewhere. Like I was really regimented about where my keys were all the time. And I, re I realized now, I didn't realize then it was, it was a safety thing for me. And I went to go run an errand. I'm like, Hey, where are my keys? And he's like, I don't know. I, I might've put them on the dresser or I might've put them on the bookshelf. And and panic and terror just was injected into my heart. Like, what do you mean you don't know where my keys are? Where? And so I'm tearing up the house looking. He's like, take my truck, take here, take my keys. If you, it's not that big of a deal. But I was having these residual effects of having to escape with my daughter, needing to know where my keys were at all times. And so I didn't have anybody to walk me through like, how do you heal from that? I just thought if I moved on, everything would be okay. And you know, one thing that's crazy about the enemy is a lot of times he lets you be in the okayness because you'll never go back and deal with the brokenness. So anyway, kind of fast forward, I, I, I play that game, I stuffed, I, I put on the mask, I put on the I'm okay face, and we we had our son, and, and life was good, we had our ups and downs, and, and things were, of course, difficult, I mean, we, we, we had our fights, and there were seasons that we, like, couldn't stand each other, just like everybody else, and, and then there were seasons that we were more okay than not okay, and 
and things were just kind of normal. I was, I was living out this life, being the stay-at-home mom. Like I worried about having milk in my refrigerator to being a stay-at-home mom and just having the security of play dates and, and, and going to get my, you know, my nails done or a lunch date with, with friends. And, and so life was so different than it was before. And I was so grateful, but there were still parts of me that were extremely broken that I didn't know how to deal with and want to deal with because the more of a mask I could put on, the better I felt about Keisha. Until one day, that fairy tale came to an end. My husband was a consultant for a Fortune 500 company, and he would travel for work. He'd leave Sunday nights or early Monday mornings and fly back home on Thursdays. And this particular trip, he was just going to work on the other coast. So we live in Florida. And so we were just, he was just going to drive to the other coast. And it was in August. It was the week before the first day of school, like before school starts. And, and he said, Hey, do, do you want to come with me to the other coast? You and the kids. And I thought, we get to stay in this really nice hotel. Daddy gets to go to work. We can swim in this nice pool. I can do things with the kids. And we get to go to a nice restaurant at night with dad. Sure, let's do it. And we did. And that's exactly what we did. It was a great week. It was a great trip. And then we drive home and he goes off to work um, like normal. It was a Sunday night. He had left early Sunday morning and it was a Sunday night and he's calling me and he's landed wherever he was at. And, and he was just chatting with me and talking and it's the night before the first day of school. And so making sure I'm good. And, and we're just, I thought we were just having regular conversation. And all of a sudden my doorbell rang. Now you have to keep in mind, my neighbor was supposed to come and drop my mail off and the doorbell rang. And I was like, hey, that's really weird because this particular neighbor never rang the doorbell. She was one of those kind of backdoor friends, you know? I'm like, why is she ringing the doorbell? It's nine o'clock at night and her kids got to go to school tomorrow and our kids got to go to school. And I remember telling Antoine, I got to go by. And I hung up and I opened my door, my front door, and there was a man standing there. And he began asking for my husband. And I thought this was very odd. We don't just have strange men drop in our at our house at nine o'clock at night. And he asked where my husband was. And, you know, girls, my head knew what to say. My mouth did not. So my mouth said he's not here. The worst thing I could have possibly said. And this man, now knowing, he already knew that. There was a man standing on my porch and there was a woman standing down my driveway. And they begin a blackmailing process. You see, I didn't know my husband led a double life. You know, he was my saint. He was the one that rescued me. He was the one that made everything safe. And I didn't know he was living a double life. That man standing on my porch that night 
I found out later was a pimp. And the woman down my driveway was a prostitute that my husband had been with on the other coast. I just want to paint a picture because you don't know me. Um, we lived in a gated community in South Florida. It's not like we lived on the wrong side of town. My kids went to a private Christian school. We were a part of a church that was very involved in the school. So I'm painting this picture for you that we had the bubble. And now I'm the woman that's standing with a prostitute at their porch. I was in complete shock. I, I, I didn't know how to handle what information I was being given. I don't have a photographic memory at all, but my brain began taking these pictures, these snapshots of these pictures on, on this phone. And they handed me these pictures. Now there weren't any explicit pictures, but pictures of my husband walking to the car that we had rented. And they began to tell me how my husband owed them money. I didn't know at the time, but they had been in contact with my husband. My husband was trying to tell me not to answer the door, even if he would have told me girls out to answer the door. Like, you know, don't answer the door. Okay, I want to see who it is because you don't want me to answer the door. So my world How do I go to my church? How do I go to my small group? How do, how do I tell someone that my husband has been sleeping with prostitutes? Well, I don't. Antoine and I were thrown in the best Christian counseling that we could afford at the time. He came home that Thursday and we were immediately in Christian counseling. And we were going three times a week. I'd go, he'd go, we'd go together. And I remember my first appointment by myself. Anytime they bring in other people to help you, <laughs> you're in trouble. And they said, Keisha, because of the trauma that's happened in your life, it's not healthy for you to make a decision, a legal decision for the next six months. Legally, you shouldn't make a decision. And we can... You can either comply or we can make this, I don't know, happen. And I, I agreed. I, I was like, sure, I don't need to make a legal decision. I can make his life a living hell for the next six months. Put me in. I, I got six more months to, you know, prove my point. And that's exactly what I did. I began to implode. And I was spinning out of control, rightfully so. But in the midst, not only was I destroying me, I was also destroying my kids because I didn't know how to handle this type of pain. I would love to tell you that because I grew up in church and, you know, the Christian walk was so a part of my life that I dug into God's word. And I fasted and I prayed. That couldn't be further from the truth. None of that happened. I hated God. How dare you deliver a hooker to my porch after I have served you all my life? Like, why couldn't I have gotten a girlfriend, a note, uh, you know, a lipstick on the car? Like, where were the clues? 
How am, at the time, Antoine and I have been married 10 years. How for 10 years do I not know this man has led a double life? We continued counseling because that's all we knew to do. Antoine went to support groups and he appeared, I guess, to be getting whatever better, like whatever, however we're going to measure better. I wasn't. I was getting worse. And I remember being in counseling and this was a session where Antoine and I were together and I asked the counselor, okay, I, I just got a question. Clearly I had 50 million questions. I peppered this man with questions. But this time I had a question and I said, I got a question about how long is this going to take before I start to feel better? Like, I don't need a date on a calendar. I, I just need a ballpark figure because I can't live like this. And I remember the counselor got super excited. Like he, he sat up straight and he had his little grandpa glasses on and he looked me over and he said, Keisha, I can answer that question. And I was like, great. How long is it going to take? And he said, it's going to take you about three to five years before you start to feel better. And my eyes must have gotten like this big, like someone took all the air out of the room. Three to five years for me to feel better, like to start feeling better. I remember looking back at Antoine and I remember looking at our counselor and I looked back at him and I said, hey, he doesn't have three to five years to live and I can't take three to five years to get better. I will find another way. What it is, I don't know. But I figured three to five years, I could kill him. I only would get seven years and I'd get out because of good behavior. I tell my kids they're still small enough. They go live with my parents. Tell them mama went back to college. I'd go to school on the state. I'd get out before the kids graduated from high school. This sounds like a better plan than three to five years. I didn't realize that that statement was so true, that I would find a better way. I would find a faster way of healing. I didn't know what else to do, so I kept going to counseling. Antoine went to a program and he asked me, would I go to a marriage weekend that was centered around sexual trauma, infidelity, pornography. And I thought, why am I going to go to a marriage retreat with you? Like, I don't think that's a great idea because there's not going to be a marriage. <laughs> and he said, yeah, Keisha, I, I know. But I'm just asking, would you go with me? And for whatever reason, it was getting close to the end of my six-month sentence. And I chose, why not? And I did. And I received some information there, but I was so resistant that I couldn't absorb really anything. And one of the founders of that conference saw me. And she caught me in a hallway. And she said, hey, can, can I talk to you for a second? And I said, sure. She said, I've heard about what's happened to you. And I get it. Your husband for the first 10 years 
head on over to www.soulwin.tv. You won't want to miss it. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwin, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwin women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.